Well, it wasn't too many years ago that any given Friday afternoon, you would find me on Interstate 20 headed east. A hundred miles I had to drive to the really despicable city called Augusta, Georgia. For those in the know, they might know it as Disgusta, Georgia, because that city is quite disgusting. You find things in the parking lots that you would never imagine finding. I won't, I'll spare you the details. But every Friday afternoon, you would find me in my truck headed east. For in Augusta, Georgia was my beloved. In Augusta, Georgia was my beloved Sarah, who is my wife and now the mother of my beautiful, beautiful son. At the moment, we were separated by at least a hundred miles, two hours, by truck, by car. But this was no uh, obstacle for me. Why? No distance was too great for me to see my beloved. There was no obstacle between my love. This drive was excruciating, I'll admit. This city was unappealing, I'll admit. But she who had my heart, she who had my heart, there was no obstacle to her. I'd like to speak just for a moment today about love. I'd like to speak just for a few seconds about love because today we hear of the inexpressible love. Of God. We hear of that love which has no barrier that God is not willing to break through and to come through to his beloved. No distance was too great for him to come to his beloved. Love is being known by someone apart from any fear of judgment or rejection. I'll say that again because it's kind of good. Love is being known by an individual apart from fear of judgment or rejection. Love has a totally unanxious presence before another. It's an I in the presence of a you with no sense of anxiety or fear in the middle. We are sinners. Though we had a relationship with our Creator, we sinned against Him in the garden. We followed our own devices and ended up being cast out of the garden, cast out of the presence of the Lord. The love of God, this was for the love of God, this was no obstacle. For though on our end, we felt the relationship of God as one of judgment and rejection, God still loved us. Indeed, God still loves us. The love of God is being known apart from any fear or judgment, fear of judgment or rejection. On God's part, there is no anxiety. He perhaps is the only person 
in the whole world that does not have an ounce of anxiety. Everything that he goes about to do is accomplished. There is no reason for him to have anxiety. For whatever he says is. As he spoke, let light shine in the darkness. Light shone. And in the face of Jesus Christ, this light, the light of the gospel, has shone into our hearts. The hearts of us who find ourselves east of Eden, burdened under the weight of being judged and rejected. Finding ourselves under the frown of a judgmental God. But as we look upon who we think is a judgmental God, we see the face of love. For fear has nothing to do or for fear has to do with punishment. This is what St. John says in his first epistle in the fourth chapter, that fear has to do with punishment. And east of Eden, apart from grace, our life could be called a life of fear. Fear of judgment and fear of rejection. But in the face of this fear that God is against us, God has proven again and again and again that he is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? This is what St. Paul says and reassures us that God's love is sure. And God's love proves to us his character, that his character is one of love. Indeed, John says God is love. And God has not reserved his love for those who deserve it. This is how we often act. We love those who love us, or we love those who are wor- we found worthy of our love. Not so with God, for God loves those who are completely and utterly unworthy of that love. For Paul says, God loved us while we were still sinners. While we were still in the midst of this anxious and fearful world, God has extended his love and has revealed himself as the God of love, ironically and surprisingly, on the cross. Lent could be called a journey toward the cross. We are journeying not on our own, but with Christ. And as his disciple here in the second Sunday of Lent, we are reminded that he has set his face towards Jerusalem to be crucified, to die and to raise on the third day. This is the action of love. And God has not reserved this for those who deserve it. Indeed, Peter started to rebuke our Lord at this revealing of love. But even Peter is asked by our risen Lord, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? For he wants to assure Peter and all of us that what he has done, he has done for us. What he has done is a revelation of God's love for us. And this love is shown to us while we are still sinners. And as we look 
in this Lenten season upon him who was pierced. As we look upon him whom we have pierced, we see in the face of Jesus Christ, the God of love. We see he who loves me and has freed me from the sin, from my sin with his blood. We see him who has given himself up for us. We see the God who is for us. In the face of Jesus Christ, all fear of judgment melts away. For on him was laid the iniquity of us all. He was judged in our place. So that we might have a relationship with God without fear. He was despised and rejected and separated from the Father so that we might be united with him. That the fear of rejection might melt away as we journey outside the camp where he is. For it's in Christ that we are brought near to the God who is for us. And it's in the shadow of the cross That we see the God of love who was condemned, despised, and rejected by men for us. In Christ, God's love is brought to completion. It is perfected and fully revealed on the cross. That God is for us. And this love gives us the confidence to love. The confidence that we gain by being loved is the fuel for us to love. For it's not that we loved him, but he loved us and gave himself up for us. John says it this way, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. And because we have found ourselves in the shadow of this cross, beneath he who in his face is revealed the love of God, because we are his dearly beloved, we have confidence before the Lord and before other men, even In the face of death. Paul says it this way. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It is the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord, that gives us confidence to face this world, not in fear, but in faith, in faith in the one who has shown his love to us sinners. In marriage, it is said by the officiant of the wedding service, what God has put together Let no man separate what God has put together. Let no man separate and brothers and sisters in the face, in the cross of Jesus Christ. We see the face of the God 
who loves us, who broke down the wall of hostility that existed between us and God, and indeed with each of us and another. He has broken down the wall of fear so that we might love and be loved. There's a love stronger than death. For in the wedding ceremony, we say, till death do us part. And that is true of human relationships. But with the divine relationship, even death cannot separate us from the love of God. Even death cannot separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's often seen in movies and books and TV shows, the child picking flowers off of a daisy saying, he loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. And this is the existence, the vacillation of love and hatred which exists between every human relationship. We always question, does he love me? Or does he love me not? But I'm here to tell you that the rose of Sharon has but one petal. The rose of Sharon has but one petal. And when we look upon him in faith, we hear he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. And as we come to the cross, we hear our Lord say, it is I. Do not be afraid. For in Christ, all fear is gone. And because I know he holds the future, life is worth the living just because he lives. And as we behold our beloved who was pierced for our sake, we see the cost of that love. This is no cheap love, but it is a costly love which costs our Lord his life. But even death could not keep him down, for on the third day he rose Again, to live forevermore so that we might have an advocate with the Father who intercedes on our behalf and expresses the love of God in his own face. And we behold this face as through a mirror dimly. But one day, brothers and sisters, we shall see him face to face. We see through a mirror dimly, but then face to face. And as we have been fully known, we shall know him fully. For in this life we know in part, but one day we will know in full. And this is the consummation of the relationship which we celebrate every Sunday in communion. For he said to his disciples, do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me until I come again. And this is the promise of our beloved, that he is coming again. And as we journey towards the cross, we journey with him and we look beyond the cross. But we do not look around the cross. For it's through the cross that the love of God is made sure, that the promise of his love is made sure so that we might be his beloved. He was despised and rejected so that we might be brought near without faith, without fear, but in faith. And as we are fully known, then we shall know fully who he is. 
And until that day, we pray, come, Lord Jesus. Come, beloved. Come, he who loves with a love stronger than death. Come, he in whom all the promises of God find their yes. Come, he who was pierced for our transgressions. O come, Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Come, my beloved. Come, so that I might be fully known. And until that day, we pray, come, Lord Jesus. And today, if you have not experienced that love in a personal way, I pray that your heart be softened to the love of Christ for you. For it's not just that Christ loves us. Christ loves you. He loves me. He loves us all. And if you have not experienced that love for yourself, I encourage you to look upon him whom we have pierced and see the face of love that is revealed for us sinners. I once was told that Anglicans do not do an altar call. And I'm not going to do an altar call right now, but I want to tell you that we have an altar call every week, brothers and sisters. That's where I'm a Baptist, brothers and sisters. Go, amen. amen. There you go. Come on. As you come to the table today, be assured of the Father's love for you. And this love is not a cheap love, for it costs his body and his blood which we partake until he comes again. And so I encourage you to come to the table today. Come in faith. Come knowing what it costs. But come as his beloved, either for the first time today or... Let us pray. Grant, we beseech thee, almighty God, that the words which we have heard this day with our outward ears... May through thy grace be so grafted inwardly in our hearts that they may bring forth in us the fruit of good living to the honor and praise of thy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.